for me as a musician, like I don't care so much about melodies, to be quite frank with you. I think one of the most mystical and magical things in the world is rhythm. Like the whole body works in rhythm. The whole planetary system works in rhythms. Hey, streamers and dreamers. My name is Otto Kent, and you're listening to The Week by Telecom Electronic Beats. It's Thursday, July 20th, and this is your weekly update on music, culture, and what's next. Life is stressful. Modern society, and not just scrolling on social media, can feel so loud and fast-paced that it can have a subtle negative effect on our brains. I read a comparison lately that I could really relate to. When you're stressed or anxious, it's like two songs are simultaneously playing in your head at different BPMs. And meditation, it's kind of like a sync button for your brain. I've experimented with a lot of styles of meditation, like transcendental, sound bath, and guided meditation. Some people use relaxing music to meditate, and it seems more and more artists and listeners are discovering the mental health benefits of a certain kind of ambient music. And that's even backed by science. A recent study by the University College London showed that ambient music has a real therapeutic effect, improving chronic anxiety and physical pain. A lot of neuroscientists are even working with musicians to further explore the relationship between ambient music and how it can affect our mental health. So today I wanted to talk about this with someone whose work plays around with both music and meditation. That's Paulina Schultz, a.k.a. DJ Jigala. Jigala is a DJ and producer and part of the Berlin-based label collective Live From Earth. Her debut album, Fluid Meditation, was released in February this year. When I first gave the album a spin, it immediately reminded me of guided meditations I've done with a smooth sound collage that pairs itself with breathing and relaxation techniques. And Jigala also studied medicine, so she knows a lot about the human body's relationship to these kinds of sounds, too. Welcome, DJ Jigala. Okay, let's get into it. Yes. DJ Jigala. Yes. It's, uh, it got really moody outside before you came into the studio. It's like I can see it behind you. It's windy. Okay. Are you setting the mood? Is this I like the forecast? The... Well, I just wanted to ask how you set the mood for your day today. Did you, did you meditate today? Uh, I think like now that I'm incorporated meditation into an album, people think I'm the most spiritual being in the world. I, I'm just going to tell you what I did. I just slept seven hours. I set the alarm. I went to sports. Then I cleaned my apartment because it's my Monday routine after touring. And then I was just like getting organized in what I have to do and was a little bit reading into the notes. I think like the micro meditation I do is probably wake up, go to the kitchen, make my coffee and just sit on my couch and look outside of the window. And that's pretty much it. Do you drink most of your coffee looking outside the window or is it like a momentary? Mm, I just moved apartments in November and I really have a nice view. And um, I just enjoy, I would say like the rays of light and just like waking up. It's just like trying to get my body into the new environment of like daylight and being active kind of like that have you set any rules around looking at screens when you wake up yeah i mean like i have this this uh my my number one rule is just go with the flow and be very like just like try to read your needs but don't be too strict in i don't know eating or sports or i don't know partying or screens or whatever I try um I like I'm reading in the nighttime because my sleep just improved by reading 
I think maybe it's because I was, as a kid, I was always reading and as a teenager, maybe this is like something I've incorporated as a young person and it helps me. But I also think I just, my dreams are very intense if I watch some TV show or if I hear music when I fall asleep and most documentaries or shows are with music. And I don't, and I, I mean, like maybe it's because of my job, but I really value uh, quality sleep and I realize that this really helps. But in the morning... Sometimes, like on Mondays, I feel like I don't want to work, so I try to not look too much uh, at my phone, but I don't mind like looking at it in the morning. Just like if I feel like I'm pissed and I don't want to be bothered with work or with anyone, I just like I can leave it away for some time. I think it's interesting because you brought up sleep a bit. Yeah. And one thing that I've noticed in at least in parts of the album that we're talking about mm -hmm. today there is some elements to the way that you use your voice that mm. reminds me of a ASMR. Yes. And at least in the beginning, when I first heard about ASMR, it was a lot of people who were trying to figure out ways to put themselves to bed, chill them out yeah, yeah, yeah. before bed. And, uh, and it, it was one of the first times where I started to see how there are all these different ways that people can calm the mind mm -hmm. and how technology was going to start to be able to uh, intervene even though for the most part, people were always talking about how technology was keeping us from being able to calm our mind, be present. And so the ASMR videos, which were all on YouTube, which is like the least place to like be. <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 absolutely. was like all of a sudden becoming a place where younger people my age were like, oh, yeah, we go on here. We watch this cool thing with someone who's like dressed to the nines, long, fierce nails and clickety clack and all the stuff that like was felt to me like cool in like a like a hip cultured kind of way but then was also doing something that was like very health focused uh, do you do you feel asmr i do when i have enough um attention span to even get through it but <laughs> at first i was very like just resistant to the idea mm. that it could work which was how i was with meditation mm. I, the reason why i didn't ever just sit down and try it was I was like, uh, I don't think that Yeah, because works. it's exhausting. I mean, when I started, uh, like last year, I got a governmental support for the pitch of making the album, um, which really put me in a position to have a year to realize. I mean, I, I just, I, I'm like, there's two things I care about. It's or like maybe three things, the body, rhythm and cultural changes. And for me, there's a certain trend of, Uh, globalization with faster internet, more data, more information, a certain level of restlessness. This comes with social media, endless browsing, the uh, this the idea of being constantly online, constantly connected, evokes a certain anti-feeling to disconnect, to be offline, to be present in your body, to escape into nature. And I think this is also in contrast to the to the damage we produce in terms of globalization to the climatic change and I feel there is this big uh, discussion or there's like two poles of the complete withdrawal from being online being completely offline and in your body and on the same hand we're getting faster and faster and bigger and bigger on the internet and instead of just being one hour online per day people are six hours online people are having virtual partners people are using ChatGPT. And this is like, this creates a tension that I find interesting. What do you say then to the album that you created, having your presence, this whole idea of a guided meditation, 
um, in reference to the way in which people should take agency in their own bodies and um, pay, pay attention to what their own body says to themselves. Cause, and I'll, I'll follow that up with a, a little anecdote, which is that f- I learned meditation through a practice that was based off of a, a mantra. And that's a, you learn your mantra, you keep it, only your teacher tells it to mm-hmm. you. And then you have this like, really difficult meditations where you're supposed to focus on the mantra the whole time alone without the presence of someone else. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's quite, advanced, but at the time was the only meditation I knew. And then years later, my friend was like, why don't you just try guided meditation? And Mm -hmm. I opened one of those apps. And for my ADD internet brain, it was like the, the clouds opened up. And so when I heard your album, I was like, oh, you know, with the amount of listens that are on here, this might be the first time people are experiencing that this type of meditation. Yeah. I mean, um, the meditation was never the focus of the album, although it's called Meditations. It's called f- Fluid because it's referencing different styles of meditations and different musical genres that I was fusing together to express the tension that I have described before. And because I think as examples of the trend or the need or the search for disconnection. There's like ayahuasca trips that you can pay for. There's more and more yoga classes offered. There are people to start doing planting and pottery and whatever. Vinylism is back, you know. All these very analog things are coming back to life with this urgent seek to kind of reconnect with your own body and presence. And obviously ASMR is one of these things because what both sides have in common like a word that becomes faster and faster and the urge to slow down is basically the the fact that we're not in our own rhythm anymore. Mm. And for me as a musician, like I don't care so much about melodies to be quite frank with you. I, I think one of the most mystical and magical things in the world is rhythm. Like the whole body works in rhythm. The whole planet system, planetary system works in rhythms. Everything that surrounds us is rhythmic. Even if you... Uh, do an abstract concept on life and death is just like a stop and go. It's also rhythm. Studies show that people don't or have cultural, different understandings culturally for melodies. So there is no do and more in some native um, peoples, but they all understand rhythm. If it's like a fast rhythm, if it's arousing or if it's like a slowed down rhythm. So for me, the uh, the thing I wanted to explore with the album is just like how can I work different rhythms and how can I use like modern aspects of meditation, na- like nature sounds, and like because there's lots of videos on YouTube where you can just like walk through the forest and there's you hear like leaves and stuff like that and ASMR and guided meditation as tools to connect to the other questions. There's my club life where I see okay this is the dance floor I know what the effects of music are. I know that there was also, like, from musical tradition, certain aspects that I found interesting, like Goa and Psytrance. It's not the first time that people kind of want to connect to nature in a musical way, when they have been using lots of, like, tribal aspects, a certain rhythm and baseline types, certain noises. There's, like, a certain genre musical production side to it. And I wanted to see how can these things work together so I can come, like, I can make my statement with that. And that's why I use the meditation. But there's also like there's a train of thought in it. And that has something to do with arriving in the body. Interesting. I, I, 
it's funny to hear this layer of the album reveal itself because I always... Yeah, because you don't see it, so I didn't do my job. Well, no, no, actually I did see it. I mean, I, I listen to a lot of ambient music mm-hmm. um, and I'm a big fan and I also do guided meditation mm-hmm. and I also, I'm from California, so we're like, <laughs> we're very versed in the woo-woo. You're in the epicenter yeah. of Western so guided meditation. I was like, who is this that's doing a guided meditation LP? And and I know, you know, the, the musical world you're around and I'm a fan of it. And it's it's very humorous. There's a lot of humor around your yeah, crew. Like mischief. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, there has to be some humor here. You know, even the record cover, which is gorgeous, it's still over the top and in its own way. And so I was like, am I supposed to take this like fully seriously? And then mm-hmm. and then when I the baseline and the use of rhythm and all of that stuff in the traditions of meditation and meditation music, those are kind of things that are like big no-nos. Yeah, you don't like that's the thing what, that I don't like the idea of <sighs> ambient music is like the reduction of rhythm and percussion. And I wanted to do the exact same effect, but just with the use of rhythm. So there's not so much melody going on. So what what is um, what's the statement that you want younger people to take away from who might feel like um, you're you're handing them a message? First of all, it's very egoistic. I had this idea within me. It's like giving birth and I needed to give birth to it. Otherwise, it would just like grow bigger and bigger. So first of all, it's just a relief. And then I think it's the beauty of art. And this is really separating my club DJ producer from my inner artist and makes the work I do there more vulnerable, kind of, is that I um, I want to I want to connect with people on the content of it. It's just like not I want to connect with you on a dance floor and give you a good time, do my job, so you have a good time at home when you consume it. But I just want to open questions. I want to like transport a certain feeling. I want to see if you can feel with that and get in touch with me. It's like a different opening, a different form of dialogue. It's definitely a more conceptual dialogue than you than you would expect from someone who has been lauded as being a part of this like very humorous but also like intense fast tempo DJ world. Yeah. I also am curious if the process of making this album and you having a medical background had some there maybe there was like some dichotomies. Intense, yes. I mean it's like I, when I graduated med school, I usually never talk about the medical stuff because I don't want to be the doctor DJ, you know? <laughs> so I just like going to cut it real short because I, for my personal opinion, is that I did this because it felt naturally to me and in the same way I do music. But maybe in my album it's the first time this come together because as an artist I cannot separate my authenticity from what has influenced me. And of course medicine has done that. But I don't want this to affect the DJ persona because DJ Gigola is not a doctor. And I mean, the idea, you know, like even working in a club and seeing people, I'm like, I told you, I have this intense fascination for rhythm. This kind of is the same in medicine. It's like every electric activity in the brain, every hormone release, everything we do and everything we are in terms of our physicality is is rhythmic and to use that and in, and and just think about rhythm and changing the rhythms and just making the rhythm the most present thing at least for me next to the spoken word maybe in the album was maybe a medical aspect of me because but it's really hard for me because when I DJ I love rhythm it's like the same maybe that's why I 
chose both professions. I don't know. They kind of come there together. And also like being on a dance floor, guiding people. You know, like a DJ is also a guided meditation, a DJ set. Absolutely. You kind of guide people in the ecstatic movement. For me, like the dance floor is a place where you leave the limits of yourself or you have the possibility to like past, get past the, the, the limits of the perception of who you are. You can explore different sides of you. You can explore a collective feeling and just grow from this sensation of course, you can uh, enhance that with music and drugs and lights, and there's so many elements to it that every person has to choose for themselves what they want to do. And just seeing that and how beautiful this is, it kind of goes back to medicine and me then. I did lots of research for the album. I was doing, I don't know, four times yoga and self-meditation, everything. But it was for me basically... Four times a day? No, four times a week, five, because oh, I was okay. touring still. And just like seeing that and just being on a dance floor as a raver, I'm a raver girl. It's like the same, you know, you're in this collective room, you follow a certain guided something in the club. It's the rhythm There's the, and, and the sounds. Then on the DJ, there's the yoga instructor saying what you have to do. You kind of get into the same movement. You synchronize your body rhythm and your body movement. And this brings a, a certain way of meditation and um, opening the self and unfolding of the self. And I find it's really beautiful. And instead of in in the club, we use rhythm and music. Or we, use, we use percussion as the rhythm. And in yoga, we use the breath. And this is like a connection that is so evident to me that I could not not connect it in like a piece of work. Well, and also people call dance music body music. Yeah, which I understand. And, you know, as much as uh, I don't want to, like, come for other genres, there most other genres are celebrated sitting and watching and listening. Hmm. And so it's fitting that you've made this connection. I think maybe this is, like, no medical, I don't know, um, just, like, historic research. What I'm guessing is that I believe humans are deeply social beings and our ways to be social is to communicate and even before we can say a word, there are ways that we can connect in body language. We can synchronize our body movements. We can mimic the sounds. So this is some very prehistorical way. And even if you don't have instruments, if you like stomp your feet or you clap, you can make a sound. I mean, still, when somebody does like something nice, everybody starts clapping in the rhythmic sounds, which still shows like this very uh, rudimental way of communicating. And I think that's maybe that's maybe also why this is so important and where this derives from, you know? So have you heard about anyone listening to your album and doing the guided meditation? Yeah, actually, yes. Some people text me. I mean, the guided meditation, it's like it conceptualizes throughout the album. So there's this introduction. The basic idea was to introduce it to then give a little presence practice, which basically is just arriving in the moment. And then it's an, a classic body scan, actually, which is like, I called it embodiment practice because I wanted to step away from giving song titles, but rather doing like hinting at at a different, like at, at the opposite of it, like the meditation side where everything is called a practice. So it's just me playing with words, trying to position it in the intersection of two different areas. And then um, after the like the body scan is like something that we use in psychotherapy or just also in psychosomatics where we where people um, are laying down and then you just like give them 
a certain body part and they have to feel into it. It's just like a way to connect with your body. So that was like after connecting with the present moment in the body, I feel like this is the the very conditions that you need to have to be able to then meditate or get in a meditative state. And um, then I was like, I just did the own unfolding practice, which is like a very, there's like less vocal, it's just opening up. And there's like stream state, which is also a reference because I like the idea of water as something that's ever flowing. And you hear a lot of it in the, in the album. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, also because it's fluid meditation. So it's like playing a little bit with the title. And stream state is just like a poem um, that is referencing the idea of that, the, the, the feeling of unity. It's like a very spiritual feeling. It's really hard to address. I don't know. You know, when you stand in the ocean, there's a certain feel to it. And if you want to explore it, maybe you can give a meaning to it and then you do philosophy or religion or whatever. But it's first, it's like the sense of connection, the sense of connectivity that there's something that we're connected with things that surround us or with other human beings. It's the same in the club when you dance together, but you don't dance with each other, you know? There's like a thousand people dancing with you, 500 people dancing with you, and they all move in the same way. This is like the same feeling of connectivity somehow. And then it's just like doing some affirmations, growing strength from it. And saying thank you. That's the gratitude one. Well, next time I'm on the dance floor, I'm going to imagine that everyone that is around me is just water because I think that will work. <laughs> I've never really thought about it that way, but uh, I'm so grateful for the way that you've expanded on where you're coming from for this album. There's obviously so many ideas in it and worthy of probably another hour and a half of us chatting. Oh, we're already done? <laughs> <laughs> I had enough. Let's leave. <laughs> A very natural way. Hey, Is that everyone. the gigolo way of saying Let's goodbye? Go. Let's go. It was very nice meeting you. Shall we do shall we do an ASMR? We should goodbye? we should do an ASMR. Okay, so let's get quiet. Yeah. And maybe we can say goodbye with a little bit of ASMR. Yeah. Thank you so much, Gigolo, for joining us in the studio. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming in, DJ Jigala. So now let's look at the other headlines that mattered this week. Burna Boy makes history. Nigerian superstar Burna Boy has been on a roll since the release of his album Love Domini last year. And according to the BBC, Burna Boy is now the first African artist to sell out a stadium in the UK and the first African artist to do the same in the United States. Last weekend, the acclaimed Afrobeat singer played to a sold-out crowd at New York City's City Field with more than 40,000 people attending. And that's not even the biggest set Burna Boy has played on this tour, a show in May at London Stadium featuring guest appearances from the likes of Stormzy and Dave had more than 60,000 people in attendance. Both shows mark a significant milestone for Burna Boy and his cohorts. Here's to hoping he's only the first of many, many more to come. Who's up next? Boiler Room wants you. Boiler Room is also asking who's up next. They just announced the next round of their broadcast lab. That lab is open to musicians, collectives, or curators with innovative programming and lineup concepts for a huge Berlin project. According to the applications, the best proposals will prioritize underrepresented artists, community, and collaboration. And the winner will be awarded 12,000 euros to stage the event. 
More details are under wraps for now, but I can tell you the applications will be judged by some greats. The panel consists of Boiler Room staffers plus three independent judges, DJ Split, DJ Jigala, who was on the deep dive section earlier this episode, and my lovely host and colleague, Kikalomo. So you're in good hands. Applications are now open for that, and you can find a link in our show notes. Albania. As a former American, I can attest to how loud we are on vacations, second only to one other group, Brits. The coastal beaches of the Balkan country, Albania, have become the latest hotspot for Brits abroad. As The Face outlined in a recent article about the country's long road to becoming a tourist destination, there's a few reasons Albania is catching up to other popular Mediterranean destinations. One of these is cheap flights that recall the glory days of the easy jet set. There's also music festivals like Kala, Ion, and Unum, and plenty of TikTokers flooding your feed with stunning content of Albanian beaches and wilderness. The fact that Dua Lipa was born there might have something to do with it, but maybe most important to many Brits is the sense that they're actually welcomed in Albania as it tries to boost tourism. While cities like Amsterdam and elsewhere have grown tired of rowdy visitors. And yeah, it's fun to enjoy the easy access, cheap beers, and get some sun on that kartoffel skin. But let us not forget that these kinds of tourism booms often come at the expense of locals. And there is also the unfortunate history of the British Tory party's xenophobic treatment of Albania in the UK. For every Brit that makes it to Albania, maybe the British government can welcome an Albanian in return. Mmm, yeah, optimistic, but unlikely. Cashing in on complaints. Speaking of unpopular tourists, German culture has made influential inroads to all corners of the globe. Musical, literary, culinary, and more. But another German export has made an expensive appearance in New York City. That export is the neighbor annoyed at anything that disrupts their quiet time. Thanks to a weird legal loophole, supposedly any civilian can issue a summons to bars, restaurants, and other businesses for violating noise pollution regulations. The person who reports it can earn between 25 to 50% of the total fine. And one German resident of Queens, Dietmar Dettering, has issued more than 500 noise complaints with fines totaling more than 600K. Dietmar talked to NBC4 New York about his motivation. Is this your primary occupation, issuing these tickets? <clears throat> Uh, yeah, one, one could say so, yeah. There's so many violations out there and a lack of enforcement, and I see the victims. Dietmar and others believe that they're acting as advocates against noise violations overseen by the city's Department of Environmental Protection. And it's true that excess exposure to noise in cities have been linked to all kinds of poor health outcomes, but it's really this melting pot of people and activities and the noise they generate that makes cities centers of power, innovation, and culture. So in conclusion, f*** you, Dietmar. Okay, before I let you go, it's recommendation time. This week is with techno DJ and producer Beck. Recently on the move from London to Berlin, Beck will be one of the many talents at the Telecom Electronic Beats Queer Beats Party at Plata Berlin on CSD Week. She's a 90s kid, and we all love us some of that era right now, so I had to ask her, what's a very personal track from the 90s that you remember being inspired by on the dance floor? Hi, I'm Beck. I remember being on the dance floor and hearing 
the future sounds of London, Papua New Guinea being played, which is a really euphoric, amazing track from 1991. And I just remember being so uplifted and so inspired, and I still play that track out. It's super special to me. The original is sampled from many different sources, and I just love the combination and the creativity in the elements of the track and how the introduction of it really builds up and tells a story with, yeah, this kind of very high-pitched voice. Um, yeah, I hope you love it as much as I did hearing it back then and that it inspires you as well. Thank you, Beck. What a great recommendation. A timeless masterpiece. So that's all for the week this week. Thanks for locking in. If you haven't already noticed, the out-of-office emails are in full effect for summer, and ours are going live starting next week. Keep your eyes peeled for our return episode on Thursday, August 31st. Take care and remember to stop scrolling. The Week is a production by Telecom Electronic Beats and ACB Stories.